the Ben Coley Podcast. Hi, how you doing? You're listening to, what's it now, episode 12 of the Ben Coley Podcast, where I talk to you about some of my favourite music at the moment, really, some of my favourite unsigned artists. That's my main focus, I suppose. It's my commentary on the latest music news as well, even though, again, this week, there's not much in the way of music news because, well, everything's cancelled because coronavirus. But anyway, I'll also talk about my favourite song of the week and my favourite album of the week. I'll touch on that briefly. So it's essentially just a snapshot of the past week or so in music. And if you like me and you love all sorts of genres, then maybe consider this a really good opportunity to just touch base with different sounds and maybe pick up on a few artists that you haven't listened to before. So it's a quick pit stop, I'd say. That's how I like to describe it uh, for you to get some new tunes under your belt. A little bit before I start, if you've got any suggestions or questions for any future episodes, please hit me up on my socials. So that's underscore Ben Coley on Insta. At Ben Coley 97 is my Twitter handle. And there's also an email as well, the Ben Coley podcast at gmail.com. Uh, copyright is all sorted. So no qualms on that front. All of the unsigned artists have been contacted. Um, they've been informed that their song will be played on my podcast. They've given me full permission for that. And they're not signed to any labels. And even if they are, I make sure that I get full permission from the labels. So that's all, that's all sweet as a nut. And as well, if you want to, or hopefully, if you want to find some of these artists that you're going to be hearing from, all the links are in the description box. Also, please like, download, subscribe, leave a review as well. That would really mean a lot. Okay, so first artist this week in terms of unsigned artists is uh, a pop artist born in Germany. She's called Harina. I think she's ace. She's got this really vibrant standout image as well. That's particularly probably the main thing I like about her because it's kind of what drew me in and that's how I stumbled across her. I was going through Facebook. That's kind of my starting point for finding new bands. I don't know why Facebook. Uh, it's kind of a dated thing now, Facebook. You'd think there'd be other places I'd kind of find artists in the first place, but I stumbled across her on Facebook of all places and straight away she had this kind of professional, edgy, sharp, bold image about her and I thought, hmm... She could be really good. So I, I went and listened to some of her tracks and surprisingly, she's released very few uh, tunes. But the one that I have listened to, I absolutely loved. Um, she's just got so much attitude in her songs and they're great pop hooks, which is essentially what you want if you're trying to find a new pop artist. She, so she was born in Germany, but um, she left her dentistry studies in 2006 to basically pursue her music career in London and then in doing that she got picked up by Polydor Records in Germany so quite a big label and she released her first official single called Insecurities she released that at the start of this year January time and if this track is a sign of things to come I'm super excited <laughs> I'm super excited so I'm gonna let her tell you about this track first but I love the idea behind this track that she's about to explain. The idea of someone sticking by your side and kind of loving you for all your flaws, loving you unconditionally. Hey Ben, thank you for having me and my song. Uh, this is my song Insecurities and it's about someone who overlooks uh, all of your insecurities and all the things that you hate about yourself. I think we all have had this moment where we're like, oh my God, how can... Uh, yeah, this person put up with all of my bullshit and like 
um, you know, see all the bad sides of me and still love me and still be there for me. And yeah, this is kind of like a thank you to these people because I feel like sometimes it's hard for us to, you know, tell them in person how important they are for us. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, write them a little something because I feel like they they deserve it um, we all need that kind of emotional lifesaver sometimes to um, you know just not judge us but give us hope and encourage us and um, just be there for us That was the first verse you just heard. Sounds so good. Uh, it's kind of a smooth vocal delivery, which is why I really like it. Um, kind of vocally, maybe slightly similar to Mabel, kind of this neutral sounding voice, but just really well delivered. But then she's got attitude. There's loads of attitude just laden in there. So it reminded me of Miley Cyrus, actually. And the track kind of starts with these distant echoing synths with this kind of chiming melody going on. But then straight away, the melody that Harina's got is just infectious i love the simple and striking beat as well and also one thing that i picked up on and i don't know why i'm just, i'm such a little nerd for things like this but it was the hi-hat it was really cutting and really sharp it comes in halfway through the verse so you might want to scroll back and just have a listen it just it sounds really satisfying it builds it up really nicely for the chorus here's the bridge that leads into the chorus um and in terms of harina's vocal register it's probably the highest she goes in the whole song which normally i don't know you may not expect that normally you think okay the chorus has to be where you belt out the highest notes but it's actually the bridge but i think it kind of creates this beautiful suspense just before the chorus hits and you're about to hear the chorus and it's so memorable Here's the middle eight section that I'm going to play for you now as well. It does a lot for me. So it's got these thick vocal harmonies, these beautiful vocal arrangements, and they're just outlining the main chords that you've already heard throughout the song so far. And then all you hear, the only other thing going on, is just these backing vocals. Again, you've already heard these backing vocals, but it's just reminding you of the chorus. So that hook is just getting stuck in your head every single time throughout the whole song, even when the chorus isn't actually 
being played, but it just keeps you interested. I just love how the middle eight is basically a vocal arrangement and it just sounds incredible. good i really like what she's doing i love her energy and you can tell she's got a lot of creative passion she's working with some amazing producers and that's been poured into this but overall none of that matters really the production or who she's working with if the song isn't any good at the core of it you've got to have a well-written song and i think harina's songwriting's great at least if that one track's anything to go by i'd love to hear some more of her stuff so go and check out a link in the description you'll be able to download that song uh, the second artist i've got is a guy called jordan hunt and this this is stunning every I, I love all the music that i pick obviously i wouldn't be talking about it if i didn't but every now and then there's the odd track that just resonates with me in a different way and I'm not going to go as far as saying, oh, this is my favourite track or that song over there is my favourite track. But there's certain songs that really stick with me for whatever reason. So if I'm looking back at artists that I've already spoken about, there was um, an R&B neo-soul artist that I covered called Emily Lita. She had a track called Plus One and that really stuck with me. And then there was also a band called um, The Night House. Again, they had a track that really stuck with me. And this is one of those tracks. And I think it's because Jordan Hunt is a classically trained musician which to some people necessarily wouldn't mean much but he's approaching his songwriting from perhaps a different angle he's approaching it from a very a very methodical well thought out theoretical stance as opposed to perhaps a feeling and you can really hear that in what he's doing um so he's a multi-instrumentalist he's a composer and he's a vocalist and he was classically trained at the Royal Northern College of Music, which is important because, again, he brings all of this into his studio work. And what you're about to hear is a track called The Sea. And it's one of those tracks that you can actually imagine. You can see it very vividly in your head. It's music that consumes you completely whilst you listen to it. And that's what i'm liking about it it's also interesting to know that he's been working on this tune since 2011. hi ben how are you um i'm jordan hunt and this is my song the sea um yeah it was a long time in coming together I started life back in 2011 as a classical piano instrumental for a project with a director um, and photographer friend of mine called bertil nielsen um, and that particular project didn't come to fruition, so I took the bare bones and developed it whilst I was on a residency with the Theo Adams Company at um, the Watermill Centre in New York, which is Robert Wilson's amazing artist residency space. Um, 
while we were developing a live show. Um, and I discovered its potential as the accompaniment for a song, and that was back in 2012. Um, and at that point, I'd, I think I've only ever sung like one song in public. Um, around the same time, my aunt Agnes passed away. Um, she was an amazing character, and she was like the matriarch of my extended family. So it was it was also like my first adult experience of loss. Um, and as I, as I was processing that loss, I was trying to fit some lyrics to this strange meandering melody that has very little rhythmic definition. Uh, and I had very little experience of writing a pop song, so to speak. So not knowing any better, um, I used my classical training and just split it into two long verses. But being very like deeply contrary on a cognitive level, <laughs> I tried to balance the dark with the light. Um, so I was writing about my presence at her funeral, but also preceding that with a verse about my her presence at my birth. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of the lyrics. I hadn't written many lyrics before, and my earlier attempts were absolutely terrible. Just so overtly emotional, which weirdly doesn't work for the listeners. Um, it's almost too much, so I set myself some limitations to try and find my own language. Um... Yeah, it was recorded in, you know, in bits here and there with my friends in Principle 6, um, which is the namesake label that it's released on. And we recorded at a friend's house in Alborough in Suffolk. Uh, that was, yeah, 2013, I think. And I actually released a version of it in 2014 as a video-only exclusive supported by my friend Alistair Mackey at Another Man magazine. And it was on YouTube for years after that. I kind of forgot it was there. Um, and only recently someone commented on the video asking me when it'd be available for streaming. And I realized I'd let that slip through the net. So I had the stems remixed late last year by this amazing guy who I found online, Ashley Krzyzewski, um, and finally released it this year um, around the anniversary of my aunt's passing um, eight years later. Um, it's kind of like my f little five minute symphony. It had such a protracted creation, but I love how rich and formative its history is for me anyway. Hope you enjoy it. And I think maybe 
the impression that you've got so far, and certainly for me, is that he thinks about every single aspect of the song, right down to even the smallest kind of details and nuances. So the track opens up with this kind of bleak, uh, searching piano that draws you in. And again, you know, the track's called The Sea, and I'm getting this imagery of this kind of lost and lonesome individual just trekking along this barren coastline whilst the sea's lapping up against him or something. That's what I get in my head. And Jordan, in his own words, summed up his melody perfectly. It's kind of a strange and meandering melody. And that's true. The melody doesn't necessarily sit comfortable with you, but it's strange enough to entice you. You don't turn off from it straight away. You're not like, oh, what's this? What's this bloke doing? It's enough to entice you in. I love the way that the piano outlines his vocal melody as well. It kind of adds to this feeling of kind of just this bleak isolation. And there's so much heartache and fragility in his voice, which translates so well. He sounds like he's in so much pain when he's singing this song. But here's where the song starts to open up a little bit more. So the piano gets a little bit more involved. The vocals become increasingly dark and brooding. And there's this subtle percussion that's added in that I love. Also, I think the main thing that I'm loving is the addition of the violin. at the end, isn't it? It sounds so good. And it, when you hit this beautiful climax, the song then kind of, you know, so it soars up and then it just kind of drops back to where it was before. It kind of redresses the imbalance. It doesn't just go from a standing start to all out to nothing. It, it kind of goes back to this gentle, calm, serene sort of atmosphere. And that's what I really like about it. Again, you've just been through this emotional journey with Jordan and he's kind of guiding you through and then 
this sense of calm at the end just kind of completes the song really nicely. And maybe I'm thinking about that too much, I don't know, but to me, that was just the perfect way of ending this song. Jordan Hunt. I mean, what can I say, man? Remember that name. He's ace, isn't he? So thank you so much for that song, Jordan. It's only been nine years in the making, but nine years well spent as far as I see it. Okay, final unsigned artist that I'm going to feature today is a great indie rock band from Coventry called Candid. I think that's a great name for a band. So I used to be in a band myself and we, uh, we started off with a pretty awful band name. We were called Maxed Out. And it is an awful name, the more the more I think about it. And we kind of hit this dead end one day and we were like, do you know what? Let's just kind of revamp things a little bit. Let's let's get a new band name, new image, all of that. And we were thinking about band names for ages. We were just we were doing things like putting names into a random name generator. We were just picking out random words from books and being like, oh, I wonder if this is gonna work. And it's so difficult to actually stumble across a decent band name, I think. But Candid's great. Starting just there, Candid's a great name. So you've got Rob, uh, Rob Latimer, Dan Latimer, Sam Baines and Ben Williams. And they've had three hometown sellout shows, essentially, in Coventry. And they've supported people like Scout for Girls and Hoosiers as well. So, I mean, they're already getting themselves really good support slots. And I'm going to just get straight into this song. So here's their track called Concrete Jungle that came out last year. So right at the start, you've got these driving chords that sound like Catfish and the Bottle Men, I think. It kind of opens up, duh, 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 which I really like. But then straight away, it slips into this really neat little groove. And the groove is so infectious. The whole band are just behind it. It's tight. It's punchy. The drums tie it together so nicely. I'm not sure who's the drummer. I don't know if it's Rob, Dan, Sam or Ben, but whoever it is, is just tight as anything. Um, and the drum sounds great as well. I, I love the drum sound they've got going on. And it's just this little groovy, I hate the word groovy. It's this, uh, it's this cool riff that's just kind of woven so nicely into it, which sounds great. And the vocalist is probably the standout for me above all. I think all the band members are pulling together really nicely, but the vocalist has just got such like a commanding voice that just captures your attention right away. And I'm loving the Arctic Monkeys 
sounding falsetto that you hear in the background vocals. So here's the chorus. We're going to crack on and the drums open up a little bit more. You've got this constant washing of the cymbals and there's this little intricate melodic lead part that if you listen closely now, you'll hear that sits back quite a bit in the mix. It's not super loud, so you'll have to listen out for it, but it, it adds a lot to it. <laughs> Late of the song is kind of this drop down section, uh, and it's just this constant building on the snare on the drums, and it's this reverberated, like washed out guitar chords. And you'll hear the main hook of the verse again, so it's actually the last phrase, if you will, of the verse, and it's repeated, but I can't seem to quit. And I love that because what I think the band could have easily done is just kind of repeated a few of the chorus hooks and then gone back into the final chorus, which I think would have been maybe a little bit predictable uh, in my opinion. But the fact that they've chucked in a hook from the verse just kind of wraps it all up nicely. Just, yeah, I love that. It's just little things like that that I really like. And also I love the subtle feedback that you hear as well. Um, so see what you think. so much confidence I think from like a young band again as well uh, I'm going to chat about their image I mentioned Harina's image um, and that I like that and I just think image is just so important and I know that sounds like a bit of a a knobhead thing to say like oh yeah image is everything it's not you know it's not everything it's not the be all and end all but I just think if you've got a band that have got a great image or if you've got a solo artist that's got a great image it just you take them so much more seriously and you're more likely to 
click on the song because there's so much unsigned music out there. And they've got this great kind of black and white, uh, almost Strokes-esque image about them that I love. So they're just a band that are writing great songs. They've got soaring choruses, uh, sharp writing, and overall it's just a sick sound. I've got a lot of time for it. So fair play, Candid. And again, you can go and check out their music. It's all in the description. Normally I chat about music news, but we're in isolation still and there's just nothing going on. It's so bleak out there. There's no music news. Like normally I've got so much stuff to talk about. Like, oh my God, so-and-so's done this. So-and-so's done that. So-and-so have announced a tour. Everything's cancelled. Everything. Um... I suppose a few little things I've picked up on though is it was called See Johnny Marr that was doing a little uh, kind of tutorial of a famous Smith song called The Headmaster Ritual um, that he was teaching to fans in the home studio. I love that and I'd love to see some more artists doing that. Um, maybe some are. Maybe I haven't picked up on it but I just thought that was quite a cool little thing just Johnny Marr casually teaching you one of the Smiths, you know, most iconic riffs which I thought was pretty cool. Also, I'm loving uh, Biffy Clyro have been um, putting up or Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro has been putting up live acoustic sessions I think he's doing them live every Friday actually just taking fan requests and performing them and I love that because he's throwing in some old b-sides and some proper deep cut Biffy tunes that only real sort of like avid Biffy followers would like and I think it's just such a nice little thing that he's doing and he always looks the part Simon Neal as well he's always dressed up just looking suave So my song of the week is from Charlie XEX. She's impressing me so much. I'm loving just everything she's doing, really. So she released... So she released... So her last studio album she released was called Charlie. And it's probably one of my favourite pop songs of 2019, actually. Because um, it was just so forward-thinking as an album. If you haven't already, if you're not already familiar with Charlie XEX, go and listen to that album because... It's pop music that is just so different from so many other female solo artists. Not just female solo artists, so many other pop artists that you're hearing. Because it's this great songwriting, but it's got this really futuristic production to it that's so complicated, but it's kind of put across in this really simple way that I'm loving. So her latest single is called Forever. And I don't know if that's to tease another album or not, or I don't know if it's just like a one-off sort of... Uh, throwaway single that she's just putting out but it's kind of a continuation of the bubblegum pop uh, futuristic inventive production that she brought to the fore on her last album but again it's just amazing songwriting um, the chorus is amazing it's just got this beautiful melody from Charlie that just kind of just keeps whirling round and round and over this constant cycling chord progression underneath but in terms of the music you've got these thick um beautiful synths um, that are embellished with these kind of mechanical sounding splashes in the background. You'll hear so many just random noises come in, but it doesn't take away from anything somehow. It just adds to it all, which I love. And I think if you're a fan of what Charlie XCX is doing currently, at least on her last album, then you're going to love this song. So it's called Forever. And my album of the week is probably one of my favorite albums of the year so far genuinely um i could go on about it but i don't want to i don't want to ramble on about it i just want you to go and listen to it for yourself but it's the strokes um the new abnormal so i think it's been and 
you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's been seven years since their last album, Come Down Machine. They released uh, an EP, actually, I think maybe two, three years ago, but in terms of, like, you know, a solid body of work, it hasn't been done in a while. And they are back on such good form, <laughs> like such good form. Um, but what I love about this album, it's kind of more regressive. It's it's less is more, I think. It, there's not these kind of all-out rock songs. There's a couple here and there, but they're just really kind of taking the liberty in just writing beautiful songs. And a lot of them are quite chilled out, but I'm loving that side to them actually and i think the sort of form they're on at the minute this album uh, the new abnormal kind of sits among probably some of the best albums in their discography i'd say it's, it's definitely up there with uh is this it and room on fire as well so the new abnormal has been produced by the billy goat the man himself rick rubin in his shangri-la studio so i think any band looking at making a comeback getting rick rubin under their wing as a producer you know they're 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 going for gold, really, aren't they? And obviously, it's amazingly well-produced. There's a few interesting, uh, you know, production elements in there. There's there's a couple of tracks that are mixed in quite a different way that I perhaps wasn't expecting, but it just sounds great, and it sounds refreshing for the band. Um, and in some ways, the Strokes have made steps forward in their sounds, but like I said, they're kind of opting for this less is more attitude. Songs like At The Door is completely stripped back to the point that it almost sounds like they recorded a rock song with synths in and piano and then they thought actually it's probably better if we just scrap the song uh scrap the guitars altogether and just crack on with the synths also the adults are talking it's a bit more stripped back but you've got the usual uh strokeisms in there so these intricate and interwoven guitar parts these playful lead parts and then just julian's awesome voice it's so difficult to describe his voice kind of this sort of this croon i'd almost say and he's got really unconventional melodies all of his melodies are just so out of the ordinary but they work so well with what they're doing but some of my favorite tracks are definitely at the door i think that's one of the best stroke songs they've ever released uh, also eternal summer that's just like six minutes of this song that literally does sound like a blissed out summer tune that you'd stick on at a barbecue or something with this really high falsetto from julian uh, and then also probably my personal favorite off the album track number two selfless which is just beautiful i love the kings of leon-esque guitar part it's it's awesome but i just think the new abnormal is a great album to be honest and i think it's an album that won't you know it's not just going to get the nod of approval from die-hard strokes fans who have always loved the strokes it's also a really good entry point i think for like people that have just got into the band or it's a really good entry point if you're trying to get into the strokes i'd say it's a great kind of um as well as I think it's a great album to perhaps go into and work backwards maybe uh, it's just a really really strong album that I think kind of shows off the strokes in all their glory and kind of just shows how much they've matured as well so yeah this is episode 12 um, and I'm loving doing these podcasts and I know that obviously times are tricky at the moment but I mean if you're if you're listening to me at the minute then that just means so much. I, I really appreciate it. And the main thing is, as long as you found one or two new unsigned artists that you're into, then that's the main thing. But go and check out some of the music I've been talking about. All of the links are down in the description. 
and I will catch you next time for episode 13. The Ben Coley Podcast.